For many entrepreneurs who are deeply passionate and committed to reimagining the healthcare industry, their drive comes from personal, life-altering experiences. Today, Yashai Knobel, the founder and CEO of HelpAround, an entrepreneur and company on a mission to simplify specialty patient access, joins us on the podcast. While together, Yashai shares his powerful family story, how his family's journey has fueled his company's success, and where he sees the industry heading into the future. Additionally, Yashai and I discuss what it's like to build a company from scratch, the ups and downs while doing so, and the valuable lessons we've both learned along the way. Join us for this touching, personal, and inspiring conversation with one of healthcare's key innovators. With leaders like Yashai helping to move the healthcare industry forward, there is no doubt brighter days are ahead for the patients it serves. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Yishai, welcome to our podcast, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, I recently received an inspiring message from your team member, Paul Stanley, that we had to bring you onto the podcast, given the very important work you and the team are accomplishing at Help Around and the hope you are providing to patients with rare diseases. But before we dive into your needed and important work, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment and visit PassionatePioneers.com in order to share your feedback and ideas. Simply scroll to the comments section at the bottom of each posted episode. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Maselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Yishai, it's almost time for our community to learn how help around is making specialty therapy easy for patients and brands. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. I'm going to randomly select a question here. We are going to talk travel. What is your favorite place on earth and why? Oh, that is an easy one. That would be a small village in New Zealand called Tianao. And it is just surrounded by mountains and it's packed with the most interesting people that you can imagine who just go there to see nature and travel with other people that they just don't know. Drop me there now and I'm a happy guy. I've never been to New Zealand. You are the first guest on the podcast. We are 100 plus episodes deep and you were the very first one to mention New Zealand. I want to go there so bad. I always have to ask because I'm a foodie when I travel. How's the food down there? It is unbelievable, especially if you like lamb. Lamb. Yeah, interesting. I have heard that as well. Yes. And this village you're talking about, is it coastal? Is it up in the mountains? Paint the picture. It's basically a base camp for a lot of treks, a lot of hikes. You can go there to see glaciers. You can go from there to see just extreme cliffs and waterfalls and this thermal activity there. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. But again, also... It's a place for people to hike and over days, over days with people that they just met for the first time. That's what makes it so special. I met some of the most interesting people that I would have never met otherwise by just spending some time in that area. You literally just answered the last question I was going to ask before we change gears here a bit. 
How are the Kiwis? How are the people down there in New Zealand? Yeah, it's funny. I wrote a blog post before it was called a blog post about that. There's something so kind and so relaxed and so loving about the Kiwis that it just really makes you wonder. Kind of you can leave all your reservations at home and just be open with these people. And it's a very special atmosphere. And the Kiwis have some secrets that only they discovered on how to kind of make you feel at home immediately. Oh, I love it. New Zealand is at the very top of my list, especially when we can get back to traveling the world again. That is one of my biggest passions outside of reimagining healthcare. New Zealand is definitely on the top of the list. So, Yishai, thank you for sharing that. And I'm looking forward to diving into your inspiring journey and mission after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. This episode of Passion of Pioneers is brought to you by Augmetics, ambient medical documentation and live clinical support. Did you know that nearly 75% of clinicians surveyed in a recent study say they spend over 10 hours per week on paperwork and medical notes? But clinicians who've adopted Augmetics are spending less time writing notes and more time providing superior care to their patients. Augmetics is a leading provider of remote medical documentation using remote AI-assisted live scribes to observe, listen, and capture relevant details from natural conversation for over 35 specialties. Augmetics provides real-time support that includes orders, referrals, and reminders to deliver accurate, complete, and timely medical notes. Augmetics brings back the joy of practicing medicine. To learn more and to bring the Augmetics joy to your practice, visit augmetics.com slash passionatepioneers or click on the link at the top of the episode notes. All right, we are back with Yishai Knobel. Yishai, you are the founder of Help Around. You guys have been at it now for over seven years. I know there's twists and turns along the way. I'm fortunate enough as well to be a startup founder and entrepreneur. I love the messy in the middle. I love you know the twists and turns that startups take and have to pivot and figure out what is that product market fit and I know the same has happened in your camp and any good startup that is solving a problem in the marketplace, they always have that journey along the way. But before we get to what you guys are building, what you have built and what you're focused on in the marketplace currently, take us on that journey, Yishai. Give us those twists and turns. Where were the aha moments? How did Help Around come to be? Give us a little bit of that history lesson. Absolutely. So started Help Around, as you mentioned, back in 2014. And this is after I was head of mobile at a company in Boston called Agamatrix, the company that invented the first smartphone glucose monitor. FDA cleared, sold it around the world uh, through Sanofi. And one thing that I saw there when I got to meet all these type 1 diabetes families, where the entire family is dealing with this, honestly, life or death situation for uh, often a child with blood sugar going all over the place. I saw how much logistics the families have to deal with, how much paying for your treatments, managing diabetes supplies, insulin, your insurance, your coverage that is changing, your reactions to different types of insulin, where you get your test strips. There was just so much logistics. So we founded Help Around with a mission to make patients' lives easier by focusing on everything that goes around the treatment. And when we basically built it on the around the stories of the type 1 diabetes families, 
where patients just get stuck again and again without their supplies. But fast forward a year or two, and we built a very thriving community of tens of thousands of type 1 diabetes families supporting each other, helping each other. And we called Help Around because it was really designed to get people to help around each other and to find help around. It was very much peer support based. And what we learned is that that there was a lot of value for patients, but we were not able to find sponsors. So the insurance companies, the drug manufacturers, it was not aligned enough with what they were looking to achieve. And I think this is a story of many startups that built a lot of value for patients, but did not find a way to turn it into a business. So after a few years came our aha moment as we really kind of went back and tried to figure out, and we're still backed by our angel investors who were with us for all this time. And when we went back to examine our model, we said, we got to find a way where helping a patient is also aligned with a business outcome, with a business goal. And we found that in the space of specialty therapeutics. And specialty therapies are those super complicated, expensive drugs. A lot of them are biologic injections that cost a lot of money and are really hard for patients to get on. So what we did was double down on specialty drugs. And our goal still stay the same, the same mission, making patients' life easier by helping them get on the therapies that they need. And that will we find alignment with the manufacturers of the drugs who also losing so many patients after the prescription is written until the patient actually gets the drug. There are just so many hoops that the patient has to go through and the pharmaceutical companies spending billions of dollars on supporting these patients. But with us, it was transformed. We help them transform that into a mobile concierge experience for the patient that takes them all the way from the prescription to actually getting the medicine. And we'll talk about what's happening current state in the marketplace with help around. You guys are growing, growing rapidly and delivering some exceptional results in the marketplace. You said something that I wanted to go back to that I think it is so important for entrepreneurs to hear is you can have all the dreams and all the aspiration to build a company, but if you don't have that fit where you're going to either get reimbursed or compensated for it, you don't have a company. And for you guys to continue to think through and challenge that and figure out where that fit is, not only with the mission at hand, as you mentioned, to you know help patients' lives easier, but to find that opportunity to make it a viable and sustainable business. So important, important tip there, Yishai. Let me ask you, though, before we go into what you guys are experiencing currently with Help Around in the marketplace, did you ever think that you were going to be a founder of a company that's now seven plus years old? That is a good question. I think, especially in healthcare, a lot of patience is required and there's a certain pace to the business that is different from other areas. But, you know, it's seven years old, but frankly, it doesn't feel like it because you just continue building. And especially when you hit that traction point, that's where things get really, really exciting. So I never thought of this as, you know, a start and flip it. I always thought of this as a journey. And I have my co-founder, Tommy, to who's there with me on that journey this whole time. So, you know, treat it as a journey. And this is another tip to the entrepreneurs out there. If you're going to start a company, think of it as a journey because it's going to be a journey and it's going to take time and there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to adjust. Those who last are those who just continue with the journey. And 
and are able to. And, you know, we were fortunate to eventually find that product market fit. And uh, I wish that to a lot of entrepreneurs out there, but just be prepared for the long haul. Couldn't agree more. It is a journey. You have to play the long game, especially if you're building innovation for healthcare. You have to play the very long game. Last question, and then we'll dive into the current state of work happening at Help Around. Through that journey, Yishai, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't anticipate by becoming a founder? You know, every founder that I talk to, you know, they found an aha moment about themselves. Like, I didn't know that I had, you know, this much in me to continue to go when all the odds are stacked against me. I didn't know that I could raise money. I didn't know I could do X, Y, or Z. What did you learn about yourself through this journey so far? Let me start with two areas, okay? I'm actually, even though I went to MIT, I was never a numbers person. I always dreaded numbers. I always dreaded, you know, diving into the details. I'm actually much more of a storyteller than an analytics person. And what I learned is that it is possible. You got to learn, especially as a founder, there is no chief marketing officer in the beginning. There is no CFO in the beginning. There is no chief sales officer in the beginning. It's all you. You do everything as a founding CEO and you need to learn how to do everything. So you're doing a lot of things for the first time that some people build an entire career on. And you need to get it done just well enough to focus on the product market fit to enable that. So when you go to an investor and they start asking you questions about the term sheets, you need to go and become a lawyer for that period of time and become comfortable with learning how to analyze and negotiate term sheets. And that is really, really hard. You know, if you're not wired for it or get really, really comfortable with numbers on a spreadsheet. And I can tell you one of my biggest learning curves over the past two years, or yeah, I will say, especially last year, was learn how to sell. Selling and negotiating is something that I never learned. And you got to go and stretch yourself. And I can tell you that I discovered that I can be good at these things if I just really, really focus on them through reading, through coaching. And that was a big, big discovery for me. The other thing I want to share more on a personal note. So growing up, I was always, you know, the guy with the ideas and was very dominant and terrible, but I also dealt with a lot of adversity. And that adversity was mainly, you know, in the social space and the school, et cetera, kind of dealing with bullies, dealing with, you know, the, let's call it the less friendly environment. I grew up in Israel, which overall was a you know, fantastic environment, but as anyone any child in any environment, you know, you run into these bullies or into these challenging situations. And that can be really, really hard. The side note, this is why I'm also on the side, I'm contributing to this supporting association that is eliminating bullying, eradicating bullying out of schools. And what I learned, I kind of looked at myself now and I'm saying, you know what? Coming back after really hard circumstances is also what an entrepreneur needs to do. As an entrepreneur, you're going to get bullied by some investors or by some potential investors or by some customers. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to get mistreated. And that resilience of coming back and never giving up is something that I dealt with as a kid and I have to deal with it as an entrepreneur. And I found that I came stronger out of it and I know how to ask for help, which is something that a lot of kids don't know how to do. 
So for those younger audiences out there who are listening to us now and are looking for some inspiration in big challenges you have growing up, I can tell you that if you are mastering high school, you can also be a pretty good entrepreneur because you're dealing with a lot of adversity and learn how to overcome it. Yishai, I couldn't agree more with you. Even you know, I'll plus one everything you said. And, and from my own journey, you know, I launched Catalyst years ago, opened the doors in 2018 in my healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. If I stopped at my thousandth no to pull that off, that campus in Denver would not be in existence. Same thing with my current state of work over at Olive. We're building, you know, the AI workforce for healthcare. Sean Lane, our CEO, had a wonderful podcast last year, and he said on the 28th time, we figured out Olive and what she is here to do to help move healthcare forward. The 28th time. And so to your point, Yishai, you have to be persistent. You have to be consistent. You can't take no for an answer, and you have to be able to get yourself off the mat. And like you said, You have to be able to wear multiple hats at multiple times, especially if you want to be a startup founder. So thank you for those very valuable tidbits and pieces of advice for entrepreneurial community members here for the podcast. Well, let's start talking about your startup. Let's talk about what you have built. Why don't you give us that quick elevator pitch of what Help Around is? Absolutely. So specialty drugs are basically taking over the world. It's more than 50% or just about 50% of all drug spending goes to only 2.2% of the population where patients need to go through multiple steps in order to get on therapy. So when a pharma company is launching a drug, you know, there are all these steps, it takes multiple years, there's patient services planning, there's a patient services team, you know, the, the patient's waiting for the drug to launch. And then what the pharma goes and sets up all these patient services programs. And that usually includes a hub, includes a pharmacy or, you know, specialty pharmacy in the case of specialty drugs. You know, including payer contracting, including pharmacy contracting, copay cards, all these resources out there. But typically what happens is when the drug is launched and the patient gets the prescription and then just chaos begins because the patients start just getting phone calls and messages from all different vendors that the pharma put in place. It's not streamlined. It's overwhelming. And the result is that anywhere between 20 to 50 percent of patients drop off by the third month on therapy. So that is called prescription abandonment. That's a big, big issue. And this is usually because of the out-of-pocket for the patient. These are very expensive drugs. So if you look at overall the industry, 20 to 50% out of more than $200 billion a year, you're dealing here with very large losses for the industry. So what we do is we transform this entire experience into a mobile concierge experience. So we streamline the resources and services from across the ecosystem and bring it to one place for the patient on mobile. Doesn't matter if it's SMS or the app. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes sense for that therapy, we bring it to one place and we've shown that patients on Help Around, we basically increase their time with therapy by 50% by streamlining all these resources on mobile for the patient. And of course, you know, what you're doing for the economic side of healthcare, wonderful, very encouraging, very much needed. And of course, that's how you help build a sustainable business like Help Around. But what I always love to explore is the direct impact of these innovations like yourself, like your team is building. What have you heard from the actual patients with their journey of your technology? Give me just maybe one or two stories there. Sure. So, 
patients go very overwhelmed into this situation. I mean, the biggest problem of the patient is the disease itself. It's the symptoms, it's the side effect, it's the daily struggle, it's the fear. And then comes therapy with all that logistics. And some of the feedbacks that we're getting is just that people are relieved. There's a sense of relief when there's a one place, go here and you have everything you need, clarity. That's what people are looking for. In that type of situation, it's a known fact, a neurologist blogged about it, that you know the source of anxiety is usually the lack of control. If you don't feel in control, that's when you get anxious. And when someone has a disease, that's the epitome of being out of control. So giving people control on other facets, on the logistical aspects, it just gives such a relief to patients. And they are just really, really thankful for that experience. Well, thank you for that. And it's important to hear because you're 100% spot on, Yishai, to be able to have that clarity and that sense of relief. I mean, people like yourself and me, we spend literally our daily lives with our careers inside this industry. And we have to remember the people that we serve, that they potentially don't have that experience that we do. And we have to remember that even for people that are you know, knowledgeable about healthcare, it's still daunting, right? I mean, there's so much to know. There's so much to understand. But to be able to bring that clarity to the end, you know, to the patients and the people that we should be serving as an industry, so important. So thank you for sharing that, Yishai. Let's talk a little, you know, future state. Where is the company going? Where's the industry going? You know, things are changing rapidly as well. With the pandemic here now and facing those challenges, we've seen a lot of things happen because of the pandemic. Our world has been changed and turned upside down. And so we usually ask our guests, what's the five-year you know, horizon? But again, things are changing so fast for us. Where do you see things heading for help around? And where do you see things heading for the industry in the next you know, one to two to two to three years? Sure, absolutely. So first of all, I would say at a macro level, more and more drugs are specialty drugs. And that means that these drugs are developed around very small communities, very small patient populations, which also means that these drugs are very expensive. Uh, they're also very targeted. And in order to qualify for that drug, a patient needs to go through several steps. And that's going to continue. Just about past the inflection point where there are more specialty drugs in terms of drug spending compared to traditional drugs. That is the point of no return. And that's just going to continue that's where the pharma industry is going. The second piece is related affordability. Affordability and the pressures between the payer, the PBM on one side, where and where they usually also own the specialty pharmacy versus the pharmaceutical company, the manufacturer, where this battle going on back and forth between patient affordability, patient resources, where, you know, for example, United Health just made the headlines when they basically required doctors to disclose which copay cards patients are using. So that area is called, you know, the, the copay accumulators, copay maximizers. So this is just a symptom and it's going to continue the struggle between pharma and payers over how to basically help patients pay for the drugs. And that's not going anywhere. And the more visibility and the more ease of access to the patient will drive how drugs are paid for. Meaning a pharma company, so they're using a copay card, they might use something else in the future in order to get patients that help to pay for the drug. And the third piece is also related to kind of accessibility to resources. It's related to COVID. 
Patients are reluctant to go into the office. Patients are reluctant to go through checkups. We have a close friend who's a neurosurgeon. It's a miracle. There are no strokes anymore. You know, everybody was cured. Well, no, patients just stopped coming in. They just stayed home. And if they think it's a stroke, they ah, no, it's probably not a stroke. Just going to stay home. And sadly, they often pass away. So patients are reluctant to go and interact physically with doctors. And, you know, I think the provider side already took it in with telemedicine, et cetera. It's time also for drug manufacturers to take it in. Patients are not going to see the doctor. They're not going to come and pick up a physical leave behind with a physical copay card, but they need all their resources digitized and made readily available, not in letters, but digital on the phone where they can actually act on it. So I would say these three trends around specialty drugs, affordability, and accessibility are critical for the future of making patients get and use specialty drugs for them. Thank you for that overview. And crystal clear, I couldn't agree more with some of the things that you shared, especially on the digital side. These are the new realities. This is how the patient wants to be served and interact with uh, care providers and with the industry at large. We have to answer that call here within the industry to deliver on that. So thank you for sharing that view and what we're to expect in the future here. Let's flip the script a little bit on you, Yishai. We want to be of help to you. What's one problem, need, or question that you currently have that our community can be helping you with? Uh, Thank you for asking that. You know, we are a growing organization, and we have some tremendous people on the team who came from, you know, we have Scott, who came from Diplomat, we have John, who came from Cover My Meds, we have Paul, that came from Change Healthcare. We really have a tremendous team, and right now, we really are building the team and we are looking for people who understand technology and understand the pharma space. And we're looking to hire, hire rock stars, hire amazing people who have done it before, but are passionate about helping patients, passionate about changing the status quo and are kind of eager to build an organization in a way that can scale because we really are at the tip of the scale up point. And it's all about the people. So if you hear us right now, if you know people who are passionate about startups, about healthcare, about patients, reach out. Ishai at helparound.co. You can find me on LinkedIn, help around. And we are looking to grow the team and we need all the help we can get. Well, thank you for that, Ishai. Are there any other contact points online that we should contemplate besides your email address and LinkedIn? Any other contact points? Yeah, find us on LinkedIn, Help Around. Go to helparound.co, our website. Leave us a note. You can find us there. You can find us, of course, on uh, Twitter, but I think LinkedIn is probably the best way to find us these days. And we'll include all those touch points for Yishai and the Help Around team in our episode notes. So in your podcast player, simply scroll down into the notes and click on through to what is best for you, whether it be websites, LinkedIn, or otherwise. We'll also have all those contact points over at passionatepioneers.com listed in Yishai's episode posts, where you can also leave comments and suggestions and feedback in the comments section at the very bottom of that post. Again, passionatepioneers.com. All right, Yishai, we're going to start winding it down here. We've got one more area to cover. One of my favorites, it's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I don't give up. Love it. Short and sweet. That is a true testament of an entrepreneur, not giving up. So Yishai, thank you so much for being with us today. Really do appreciate it. A big shout out to your colleague, Paul Stanley, for 
making sure we get together on the podcast to have the help around stories shared with our community. So again, Yishai, thank you for taking a pit stop, being with our community today and sharing all the wonderful work happening in your camp. We appreciate your time and thank you again for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Had a blast. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.